This is a, a reading from a letter. It was written by Paul, one of the very early leaders of the new movement that we ended up calling the church or Christianity. But at this point had no, none of those kinds of names. It was very new. And he had had this extraordinary experience that he was trying to grapple with and share with other people. So he did a lot of travelling and he met with lots of groups of people and little groups started in lots of different towns and this letter is one that we have that was written to a group in a town called Philippi or actually a significant city for the day. It's in what, what is now northern Greece. And he's, this is near the end of the letter and he's encouraging these people who he hasn't seen for a while and probably will never see again and we'll get to that bit in a minute. It goes like this. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, heading for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you about them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross. But Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches become their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. But there is far more to life for us. We are citizens of high heaven. We're waiting for the arrival of a saviour, the master, Jesus Christ who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skills by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. My dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I do want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy. Fill me with such pride. Don't waver. Stay on the track. Steady in God. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Paul probably would not see these people again because he was in jail in Rome. He was about to be executed, which we assume he was. The records of all kinds are silent at that point, so we don't really know, but that's what we assume. And he should have been in jail because he was an insurrectionist. That means he was somebody who felt the legitimacy of the Roman Empire was not real that the idea that the the emperor was the most important person in the universe and everybody should bow to the emperor and do as they're told was not true. And he was writing to a group of people in a town called Philippi, which is one of the most Roman of Roman cities in that part of the world. They were proud of being Romans. They were proud of being part of a culture that was in control of everything, understood everything, and knew how the world should work. 
But Paul said this, but our citizenship is in heaven. And it's from there we're expecting a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. What he should have, of course, said was, but our citizenship is in Rome. We're much better than the barbarians. Our life is together in the Roman Empire under the lordship of the emperor, the Lord Caesar Nero, who was the, the Caesar at the time of, of the of probable time of Paul writing the letter. And Rome worked. It was a strict hierarchy. It was a great place to live if you happened to be at the top. If you're an aristocrat or a senator, or even if you're in the equestrian class, the next sort of group down, it was a great place to be. Not so much if you were a woman, not so much if you were a slave, not so much if you weren't a Roman citizen, but if everyone shut up and just did as they were told, the world worked perfectly well. Yet they even had laws about who was allowed to wear what clothes. Only a small group of people were allowed to, to wear purple on their clothes. And there was laws about which kind of tunics you should wear so that it made it very clear who was in what group and the world could run as normal. But Paul is writing to this group, small group in the town of Philippi and in lots of other places he wrote the same thing. We're not going to live like that. We're going to work on a different assumption. And that is that all people everywhere belong in the world of God, not in the world of Nero. And in the world of God, everything is one. We call it the universe, the universe, the one verse. It's the oneness of everything. You see, ancient cosmology was quite tiered. You know, there, we've often talked about this here, those of you come regularly. There was the heavens above, there was the earth here, and then there was something else going on below. And if you were very bad, you would probably end up below. But if you were okay, you, would, you might sort of be able to connect to heaven. It was, all about, it was all about how good or not good you were. But you see, this extraordinary experience that Paul had had, which he was trying to work out in his letters and in his life, was that there was a, an acceptance of him, even though he happened to be a murderer. He murdered people because they didn't believe what he believed. They wouldn't fit in to the way he saw the world. The, the way he, he wouldn't fit into the way they saw the world. And, and, and so he... He was going around attacking people. If you've been listening to the news in the last 24 hours, you know, we're not that far from that, are we? People who are so certain they know how the world should be, that they're willing to be violent to others. I mean, we, we do it all the time in, in less violent ways. So certain that if you're unemployed, it's because it's your own fault and you're feckless and useless. Therefore, we need to punish you. Our government does that all the time. Because we know for certain that that's what's true. All unemployed people are hopeless and they're unemployed because it's their own fault. We know that, don't we? 
So that gives us permission to pay them a pittance and to keep restricting that and restricting that because we know. And that's the way Paul lived. But then he had this experience where he discovered that even he could be welcomed in to the one universal story of all human beings. Not only all human beings, but all the created order. See, we don't live on earth and the heavens are up there. We, we often talk about that. The stars are sort of all over. The stars are just up here. The, the sun is a star. We're not here and there's the universe. We're in the universe. It just is. It'd be like sitting in a tiny boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and saying, well, of course, I'm on the boat and there's the ocean out there. It's, a, it's absurd nonsense that we've built up time and time again. We talk about we and the environment. As if there's an environment out there that we're having some impact on. As if we're not in it. We don't see ourselves as universally drawn into all of these things. But we are, Paul says, citizens, with all the rights and responsibilities that citizens have, of the great universe. The great oneness. And for that, Paul, that was so extraordinary and so mind-blowing because of the culture he'd grown up in. A culture of Rome where everything was rigidly in order and everyone belonged and if they stayed put, everything was fine. And he lived in that culture and then he had this experience that in fact that's not true at all. That all people, all created order as part of the great oneness, all people need to be treated with dignity and respect and welcomed into the family. Because they truly are one family. And that experience was so extraordinary and so mind-blowing because of the rigidity of the culture in which he lived that it changed his whole life. And he needed to try and figure out how that meant, what that meant for him as an individual and what it meant for all of us. So it made him say things like, well, you know, in our culture, we're so rigid, but in this new way of seeing the world, there's no male or female. There's no difference. There's no slave or free. There's no Gentile or Jew. And that were the distinctions that the Jews made. Those distinctions just don't exist. We can continue with them on. So the brutal murder that's happened in New Zealand, where one person can consider himself to be so different and in his case, I assume, so superior to the people that he was willing to attack, that he could do that without a care. That's the alternative, isn't it? But Paul is saying, no, that's not the way we live. That's not the world that we have inherited. That's not the world that we are actually a part of. It is one integrated thing. None of us got here by ourselves. All of us were just like Billy, who needed constant care and attention and love from the moment we were born, otherwise we would have died. We've been educated. We've been supported. We all together built the roads that each of us drove here on today. We did it as a group, as one thing. We're all invited into it and invited to live 
not another way, but the true reality of the way the world is. Not the made-up world of hierarchy and rigidity. Everything, Paul says in the letter, is being brought in to the way it should be. That's why he wrote it. That's why we read it. So be it.